0: All right, here's what we're going to do, all right? We're going to start with a little quiz about some viral videos, all right? And so around the people that you are, I want you to try to figure out these. Here's what we're planning to do. We're going to show you a clue. You take a moment to try to figure out which video it is. They may be obscure. They may be real well-known, whatever it is. Try to figure it out, and then I'll ask you what you think it is, then we'll show it. All right, so here's the first clue, all right? Knowing the first video to reach a million views on YouTube should definitely earn you the goal. So here's the thing you're trying to figure out, talk to people around you. What do you think the first video to reach a million views on YouTube? Which, by the way, just so you know the scale of these things, this is a few years ago. There is a video about to hit two billion views. We won't show it today because it's. Some Korean guy dancing around, all right? Gangnam style will not be played, all right? So knowing the first video to reach a million views on YouTube should definitely earn you gold. Anybody have a clue what it is? No, nobody knows. All right, here it is. This is a Nike video ad for the greatest soccer player in the world, Ronaldinho, and he does something quite amazing here in just a second. I didn't show the full two minutes. Kicks it off the crossbar back to himself. He does that about five times in a row, which, if you've ever played soccer, is absolutely amazing. All right. Some of y'all want to keep watching. Go home and, you know, YouTube it. All right. Here's the thing. What's really cool about that is that's Ronaldinho, who was the greatest soccer player for a long time. Then a guy who was the guy before him named Ronaldo did a video, said, this is what you're supposed to do. He kicked it off the crossbar, came back, and he kicked it in one stroke into the net. Said, you're supposed to make it into the net. So that's. First, how many of you got that one? That's what I thought. All right, here's the second clue. All right, wonder what Jack Black thinks of this video that has been viewed almost 200 million times. Some of you are like editing. Okay, what can I say? All right, who's got? Who think they know what it is? What? No. Well, you got. Are you cheating, Mr. Hodges? All right, here it is. It is. All right, so that one went. Here's the last. We're only going to do three today. Here's the last clue for you. Biggest viral video of 2013 made popular again a long forsaken communication method. Biggest viral video of 2013 made popular again a long forsaken communication method method. The sixth grade boys think they know. Well, don't, well, wait, let everybody else talk about it. Don't jump out there. All right? Talk for a second. Anybody else think they know? Well, you got, sixth graders? Here's the video right here. All right, that's good. That's good. How many of you have never seen that before? Never. Never. You are blessed beyond what you know. How many of you just now got that out of your head and say, thank you, pastor, it's back. It's it's never been out, right? All right, so these videos get huge. In fact, videos are now at a rate. It was that it took that. All right, y'all can come back now, all right? I know in your mind, some of you are already towards the end of the song, all right? These videos, they spread... Just as quickly as you, you can't even imagine. In fact, it took that video from uh, the soccer player like days, weeks to hit a million. Videos are now hitting forty million in a day. Uh, Like I said, uh, um, videos have gone past the one billion views mark on one site. It's amazing how quickly things spread. It's not just videos. I mean, this week, the most viral story this week on the web was the story of uh, Andy's mom from Toy Story. Anybody see that? There's a theory about Andy's mom on Toy Story. I won't ruin for you. You can go look. But it spread to millions of shares in a day. We have the ability to communicate like we never have before. Now I was looking at some things about our own website. You know, we have a website. We put the, it's fbcgillswell.com. It's a great place for information and all of those kind of things. It's, it's a, if you haven't been and visited, we try to keep it updated with good stuff on it. But here's what's amazing to me, okay? On our website in the last year, almost 19,000 views. That's more than we have in church, all right? 32 countries. We are big in Canada. I don't know if you know that or not, but Canadians love us, all right? Visiting the site all the time. But they people have come to our website from the Philippines, from Brazil, from Russia, from Canada, from India, from Belgium. Our Vimeo website where we put up our sermon videos and when our kids sing and all those kind of things. This is mind-boggling. Eighty-five countries. People from the United Kingdom visit our site Multiple times a week we have visits from the United Kingdom. We have people visiting from China, Turkey, South Africa, Pakistan, Malaysia, Sweden, Nigeria, and Qatar. And all those are places that have visited multiple times to our video site in the last year. Now, there is no way in the world that we as a church could ever plan a mission trip to all those places. And yet... We have the ability to communicate. It is an amazing world in which we live. But here's what I want to think about today and I'll talk about next week. We're doing a two-week series, real quick, this week and next week. About how do we carry out the task of taking the word of God to a world that is desperate for it? And how do we do it in a way that just spreads and spreads and spreads. you've got a Bible with you, turn it to Acts chapter 2. and here's what we're going to do. We're going to look over the next two weeks. We're just going to look at Acts chapter 2. That's the only passage of Scripture we're going to be in uh, extended. And, and we're going to talk for a minute about what that means. And we're going to talk about this concept of being viral. And and you have to understand that Acts chapter 2 comes after Acts chapter 1. There you go. Your math's still there, all right? Acts chapter 2 comes after Acts chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus gives us the plan for Acts and the plan for the church and the plan for our lives when he tells the group of people that are gathered there, wait. And when you receive power, then you are to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he tells them to wait. And what I love in chapter 2 of Acts, it says this, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, we'll talk about Pentecost in just a minute. They were all together in one place. Now, here's what I want you to know. This is free. This is kind of a pre-sermon point. The first thing you have to do if you want to be in a place where God is going to use you to accomplish his task and his goal is you have to obey what he's already told you to do. In chapter 1, he says, y'all go to a place, you wait, and you will know when the Holy Spirit comes, and when it comes, then I want you to do this. In chapter 2, we find them, what are they doing? They're doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Now, from what we can tell, they sat there for 10 days. That's not a short amount of time. You ever spent 10 days holed up in a room with 120 of your best friends? Right? And they're praying, they're thinking, they're seeking the Lord. They're honestly searching for him, waiting and waiting and waiting. And so we have to be in a place where we are already obeying what God has told us to do if he's going to use us in a mighty way. Chapter two, it says, verse two. And suddenly. A sound like, and I want to notice that the word like is used there because this is something they hadn't experienced before. When you experience something you've never experienced, you try to compare it and you say it was, well, it was kind of like, I mean, it was, it was similar to, it was sort of, it's like. It doesn't mean that it was, it's like. The sound of a violent rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were staying. And tongues, like flames of fire that were divided, appeared to them and rested on each of them. They were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak in different languages. Uh, The Spirit gave them the ability for speech. Here's what I want to talk about for a moment. The first step in taking the message that God has given us and being viral and spreading the gospel, the good news, the story of Jesus Christ is this. If you're going to be used, you must be infected. You cannot give somebody what you don't already have. Right? Are you here? Right? You cannot give somebody something you don't already have. And what he tells them is you wait. And when the spirit comes, you're going to be given this power and you're going to go out. And we have these guys, they're in the room. These guys, when they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. And suddenly something like the rushing of a wind. Now, I want you to get the picture here. This is not like a little gentle springtime breeze. Do you remember last weekend? When it was like, you know, 65, 70 degrees outside, you walked outside and there was that nice, gentle breeze blowing. That is not what is happening here. This is a violent, rushing wind. Anybody ever been in uh, like a tornado? Anybody ever been in one? Yeah, I have. When I was young, we lived out, um, we lived in the suburbs of Dyersburg, which is called the country, all right? And we lived on a place called Rose Drive, and one night I remember vividly my parents, my dad running into my room when I was I was just like six or seven years old, picking me out of the bed and throwing me into the hallway. Because there was a tornado. And I remember that my dad was doing what all dads do during tornadoes. They, he was looking out the windows, right? <laughs> Opening the doors to see what's going on out there, Right? where I learned to do it now. So he said, what are you doing? I've got to see what's going on. That's my dadly responsibility here. But I remember, those of you that have been in tornadoes, sometimes people use that phrase, it sounded like a freight train and you're like, like, if you've never been in one, you're like, well, okay. But it does. It's this violent sound. And they're in that room and suddenly it just envelops them fire is coming. In their day and age, fire was more important than just about anything else. They didn't have central heat and air. And so when it got cold, you had to build a fire. When you needed to cook, you had to build a fire. And as the Lord descends into that place and gives them the power that they need, they become infected with this truth of who Jesus is. You don't have to be a sociologist or a scholar or a professor or anybody that studies anything to realize that the country in which we live is sliding, sometimes gradually, sometimes at a rapid pace, away from an understanding of Jesus Christ as Lord, as we once had. It just is moving that direction. You don't have to be researching out there to see it. I mean, you turn on the news every night and more and more stories, you're like, what, what, what are we doing? I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing for the future of the church. But here's the truth. When I was growing up, when most of you were growing up that are my age or older, it was easy to be part of a church because that's what everybody did. And when I was growing up in high school, if you weren't a part of a church, you were like, what do you mean you don't go to church? You don't go to church anywhere? You've never been to church? Today, the largest rising group of religious beliefs in America are those that say they have none. None. And so in my day, it was easy to go sit in a pew and do your diligence and just be there and not be truly infected by the fact that Jesus Christ has saved you and is moving in your life. In fact, it was easy to be a part of a church and never be a follower of Jesus. Can I tell you something? We are going in a direction where it's not going to be easy to do that anymore. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Because you find out real quickly who the followers of Jesus are and who the ones that are there for to be seen or to be known. And if we're going to be used by God to do what He called us to do, which is to go into the nations. Jesus' mission is not for us to be pulled out of the world. It is for Him to be with us in the midst of the world. Jesus' mission is not for us to have some holy place that we run to. It is for us, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to be made holy that we become the light, His temple in this world that people see and react to. Jesus' mission is not for us to cluster among ourselves. Jesus' mission is that every person in every land, of every language, of every tribe... We come to know Him as Savior, and we are part of that mission. If we're going to do that, the first thing is, it's got to be real in your life. I mean, next week we're going to talk about Peter getting up and giving this sermon. And we're going to talk in a minute about what happens when the Spirit comes. But he's going to get up and give this sermon. And what we see real quickly is, they want to hear what he has to say, because there is obvious change and difference in him from what they know. And can I tell you something? We live in a world that more than ever needs us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. To tell people about who He is. But they will not listen to us for a minute unless we have been radically changed by Jesus. Because they don't care if we're not any different. Can I tell you something? Some of the grumpiest people I have ever met sit in church pews every Sunday morning. Amen? I'm not going to point anybody out. I'm just saying... Amen? It's there. Some of the meanest people I've ever met have been on church committees. Amen? I'm going to get some I know. We're going to get rolling here in a minute. I have had some of the worst things you can imagine said to me by church members. You know what? That doesn't mean they're followers of Jesus just because their name's on a roll. You're following Jesus, it radically changes. To make you perfect no, but it radically changes your heart and how you act and how you live. And you're not going to be used at all if you're not infected with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's the second thing. You must be infected and the second thing is you must be infectious. We got any germaphobes out here? We got a couple, all right. You know I'm talking about the people that live with hand sanitizer on their hands. They just walk around with it all the time. Because we don't want germs, right? We don't want to be around people. We don't want to be with people that are like that. Well, when you're a believer in Jesus Christ, once you've been infected with His grace, with His mercy, with His love, with His forgiveness, you want to be someone that becomes that person that infects other people. I love what happens here. Look what happens. Verse 5. There were Jews living in Jerusalem, which if you don't read the rest of that statement, is one of those sentences in the Bible. You go, well, obviously there are Jews living in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, but they're also their development and women from every nation under heaven. Here's what's going on. Big party, big street parties going on. Passover is when they think about God rescuing them from deliverance. that's where they give thanks. It's their kind of Easter celebration. God's deliverance. OK, this is the harvest celebration. This is we have put in a hard year of work. We are celebrating what God has provided. We are having a good time. Anybody, by the way, know what's going on this week celebration wise? Mardi Gras, you heathens out there. Mardi Gras is going on, right? Right, You know that Mardi Gras leads up to a religious celebration, right? Next Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, Lent. People begin to, to prepare our hearts and our minds for Easter. They just get all the partying out of their system before that, okay? Well, Passover, now... I mean, Passover would have been this real reflective, thoughtful Easter. It's almost like Easter and Mardi Gras in reverse. And when they got to Pentecost, it would have been the celebration. The people in the street shouting and singing and having a good time. So here's the thing you have to understand. If there are people there for that celebration, they are used to crazy stuff going on. Verse 6. When the sound occur that 's everything the wind, the, the the fire, the the guys getting up and singing and talking in different languages. This, this is not, by the way, some private prayer language. It is obvious here that this is like I am sitting up here talking, and you were like, "How in the world did he learn German and if you don 't know german you're like, especially what, what does that mean if you 're German here and all you hear is german you 're like, "How do you know that he didn 't even have his southern accent anymore? Where did it go?" Speaking perfectly in another language. And look, they're amazed by it. It says they hear him in their own language. And verse 7 says, And they were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Now, some of you have been around when I've taught this passage before. How did they know that these were Galileans? How do you know where someone is from by the way they talk? It's called an accent. Anybody here born north of the Mason-Dixon line? The rest of us have the accent given by God. Amen? Right? We have an accent, right? I thought about it just a minute ago. I, I cannot say the word fire. I say fire, right? And the fire came upon them, right there. You just have that in you. It's just how you talk. Well, Galileans were considered the rednecks of the Jews. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. And so when they start talking, they're like, wait a minute. That sounds like Galileans talking, but they're talking in my language. How do they know? They can't be smart enough. It's that thing I've said before. When people hear your southern accent, they deduct about 30 points from your IQ. Right? Just in their mind. That's what they're thinking. How did this happen? They're amazed by it. I love this. I mean, there's people from... Um, the Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites. I know you all know where all that is, so I won't go into it, but Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Philia and, and Egypt and all that. We hear them speaking in our own languages about the magnificent acts of God. And here's what's happening. The Spirit of God comes upon them. It infects them with this power that only comes from Him. And suddenly people want to know what's going on. If I were just to tell you that there were a group of people loudly proclaiming the wonders of God, what would you imagine is going on? They're having a praise service. They're singing. They're enjoying it. When God showed up, they could do nothing but let it out. You ever been so invested in something that you can't help talking about it? You can't help saying something about it? Maybe good, maybe bad. I, yesterday, we, we, my boys played in two championship games. And I was emotionally invested in those games. Right? And here I am. And people, I mean, I've said, I say the prayer at the opening ceremonies for the league. They, people use our church. They know who I am in the league. And so I try to get away from people. Because when I want to yell at the referee that that was a call that you missed right there, and I do that in my parent's voice, I don't want them to go, oh, that preacher from First Baptist, I don't, know about, I don't know about him. There was one that yesterday, I was standing next to him, and uh, Luke plays on a uh, team with Brian Rager, by the way, the MVP Brian Rager from the first and second grade division of basketball from our church, right? And So he's playing with Brian Rager, and this kid would come down the court every time, and he would take his arm, and he would just push Brian away and then run away. Because one of them was like, You've got to call it, ref. And so he called. He came down. He called a fellow. That's it. It's about time. Let's go. And I, what am I turning into here? Right. Same thing happens in Eli's games. I'm sitting right there. In fact, I don't, I'm not proud of this, but three or four weeks ago, I, 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 I pointed out to the ref at a call that probably should have been made in that moment, and he just turned around to me in our, you know, right there down here in our gym, and says. I don't need your help today, sir. I was like, whoo, all right. That's... I probably need to walk away from that. Pastor probably doesn't need to get thrown out of his own kid's game. All right. You know why? Because it means something to me. It's my kids. I care about it. Now, don't get. I'm not that crazy parent out there that's yelling all the time, but I care. And it just, you, you can't stop it. You ever been there? You just can't stop it. That's what happens to them. They're infected by the love, the grace, the mercy of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit has taken over their life. And it really is like an infection. And they can't do anything but let out what's happened. I thought about um, the Old Testament, the story of David dancing down the street. He's dancing with the Lord and he gets up there and his wife named Michael looks at him and says, I hope you're proud of yourself because you just made a fool of yourself. David says, I don't care. I was praising the Lord. I'll be even more undignified than that. To praise him. You see, that comes from a life that's been infected. That's been taken over by the Lord Jesus Christ. By the spirit of God in your life. And there's no use to even discuss what comes after that with Peter and his message and sharing your faith. Until you have settled whether or not you are passionately devoted, completely committed to Him. Whether you've put yourself in a place doing what He's called you to do. To be filled with the Spirit. To be renewed by Him. And allow the Lord to take over every bit of who you are. Would you pray with me?